1: Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480K QAM. Also on the HD side, 99.7 HD4. If you tune into that, if you have one of those smart radios, you can tune in there. Also, hat tip to our stations out in Garden City, Kansas, 1240 on the AM dial, K I U L. What's up, guys? Happy Saturday to you. Welcome into it. It's Kansas Talk. Got a lot to get to today. Holy cow. A lot of things going on. We have a great guest lineup today. Can you believe it that we are in the final weekend of the month of April? That's how quickly things are moving right along. We have Memorial Weekend just weeks away. Gas prices are still well over $3 right now, which means we're in the slow period. Just wait until we actually get into the busy season of people wanting to, you know, take vacations and go travel around. And we have more uh, um, tractors out in the fields planting seasons around the corner if it hasn't started already the winter wheat crop harvesting happening soon as well and yet gas prices well over three dollars imagine what it's going to be once we get into summertime absolute madness thank you biden administration good golly welcome into a 2023 year of absolute madness welcome into the program 3167218255 316721 talk if you want to call into the maximum outdoor equipment hotlines we'd love to hear from you Let's see, what do we have lined up today? Uh, Elizabeth Patton, Americans for Prosperity, jumping on the program at the bottom of the hour, 930. She'll give an update on the legislature legislative session all but wrapped up now as we talk about the final bills, the budget, the education funding bill, also the flat tax bill. Uh, some of the uh, sales tax on food that's going to go away. Where did we end up with all of this? We'll talk a little bit about that today. We are going to do our legislative recap here in the next week or two. Uh, as tradition, for those that may be relatively new to the program, every single year when the legislative session is done, we try to get the uh, at least the Speaker of the House, Dan Hawkins, that will be on the program, and the Senate President, Ty Masterson, in studio with us for an entire hour to recap what happened in the legislative session. So we will be doing that here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, We're working on getting their schedules all uh, scheduled and organized and ready to go for that one. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. We'll also have some other legislators on to do a recap. Today we have Elizabeth Patton with Americans for Prosperity. They've been working really hard on that flat tax bill with that 5.15% flat tax rate across the state that the Kansas Governor Laura Kelly did veto. And it sounds like, if I remember correctly, That one did not get overridden. We just didn't have enough votes for that one. So we'll talk about that. Where do we stand on tax rates in the state? Also, hour number two, uh, we're going to have a little bit more on the local front here. Kathy Bond, She is. it's going to be the hour of the bonds. Uh, Kathy Bond, the school board member for USD 259, she'll be giving us an update from the school year, how things are going with the education system, the uh, school choice bill that came out of the legislature. We'll get her uh, thoughts on that one. With where we're ending up there, also some of the other COVID-19 regulations and the ending of the superintendent, Talisa Thompson, with the Wichita School District. So we have that coming up. Also at the bottom of next hour, Gary Bond will be in studio. He's a candidate for Wichita City Council as well. So holy cow, man. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Also, got to give a shout out, hat tip to all the great rain that we've seen across the state of Kansas the last couple of days. Western Kansas, especially out there in Garden City where we're broadcasting right now. Man, you guys have been desperately needing a lot of that with how dry things have been. A good two, three days of some nice steady rain, two to three inches of rain from what I've seen last. Maybe even more than that, which is absolutely awesome. So if that's the case, then welcome. And man, it's really nice to see yesterday here in the Wichita area. Definitely got a nice good drizzle throughout most of the day. That, again, was desperately needed. I did laugh at the response from the city of Wichita uh, a couple of weeks ago regarding the water levels. Cascini Reservoir, where the city gets most of their water, the it's down, like really bad. People can't even really put the boats out on the lake right now with how bad things are. And the city had responded saying, actually, it's not that bad. It's actually worse last year than what it was this year. Things are getting better. But by the way, really, uh, we really ask you not to use any water. Don't like, you know, turn on your sprinklers and don't waste a whole bunch of water because we're still, you know, in a pretty decent drought. So even though it's not that bad, we really don't want you to use a whole lot of water. Okay. That's what you think. 3167218255. 5. I want to get into some legislative updates, but I also want to ask you a major question today. The story and topic of the day. Are you still watching Fox News after the latest let goes that we've seen from Fox. Obviously, the big one that happened first with Dan Bongino not being able to get together with his contract contractual issues with Fox and they ended his weekend program. The big one that happened on Monday this week with Tucker Carlson, where they fired him. His staff showed up on Monday, ready to work, ready to go. By Friday, he was saying, we'll see you on Monday. And then boom, it all comes down. Fox still hasn't responded other than thanks for your service. Now you're out. Are you still watching? Because a lot of people aren't. According to the latest ratings we've seen, uh, Tucker Carlson was averaging right around 3.2 million viewers every night on his 8 p.m. primetime slot for Fox News. Uh, Now, as of Wednesday this week, according to Newsmax.com, the latest ratings show that they're down to about 1.6 million views. So still a decent amount, but nowhere near where they were as the primetime largest network Fox News program. Not just on Fox, but really any time for primetime news programming out there at three uh, just over three million viewers. Now they're at about one and a half million viewers. It's about a sixty percent drop in their ratings. That also has seen a major bump in Newsmax viewership right around that time, bumping up over five hundred thousand. So still not near where Fox News is, but yet almost you know half million people. Pretty impressive. Which means a lot of people left uh, Fox to go to a more conservative outlet. At the same time, Tucker Carlson has made one video that he just posted a couple of days ago, and just in the first day or two of it being out, he peaked over 25 million views on that video, showing that even with his average listenership and viewership on Fox News at just over 3 million views, he just blew that away just by his own Twitter feed, where he has roughly about 6 million followers on there, but had 25 million views on that video alone, Uh, just in the first day or two that it was actually released. So who knows where he's going to go at the end of the day and what can happen to Tucker Carlson. I'm not too terribly worried about him, but uh, whether he's going to go off on his own. It sounds like Newsmax is also begging him to come over and broadcast over at Newsmax, which would definitely give them a major boost as well. So what's going to be the future of Tucker Carlson in conservative media? I don't know. But I ask you the question with some of the changes they're making at Fox News, Are you still watching Fox or are you done with the news outlet after the letting go of Dan Bongino, after the letting go of Tucker Carlson, and with the overhaul of the system, the paying out of near $700 million in that Dominion case, did that have something to do with Tucker Carlson being gone and them either being scared of their own shadow or was that part of the contingent contract with Dominion in that settlement that they made? And are there going to be any future changes in the Fox network moving forward? Did you watch Fox News? Are you still watching Fox News? And where are you getting most of your information now? Is it the news outlets on TV? Is it radio? Is it podcasting? I'm curious. on where you get the vast majority of your information. Let's go to the phones here, shall we? 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK if you want to jump on the conversation and let us know. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Scott, how are you, sir?
2: Well, I got a problem. What you got? My problem is the city of Wichita spent $6 million on a pickleball court and it was a kickback deal because <laughs> they started with $3 million, then all of a sudden it had to double. Now, the only reason somebody would take a deal like that is if they were getting a kickback. Now, one of the other things about that is that you got areas that don't have laundromats, they don't have Grocery stores, that don't have filler stations. They can't do a deal where they can get some of that money for those areas that need basic necessities. But they can afford a pickleball court that's $6 million, and nobody around really plays the sport much even know what it is.
1: Do you, do you play pickleball, Scott?
2: I've I seen it before, but that was a couple of years back. But, I mean, it was so ridiculous that I said, now, why would you – Anybody want to play
1: this? And then we come with a million dollars. Yeah. The last time I played pickleball was when I was in middle school. And my middle school gym teacher taught us what pickleball was. And we ended up playing it during our gym session. That was the last time that I've actually played pickleball. Now, the official statement from the city of Wichita on the reason they doubled the amount of money going into this was because they were doubling the amount of courts so that way they could hold pickleball tournaments on a national level.
2: Yeah, well, uh, that's not going to happen because nobody's going to come here to play pickleball. They (laughs) they also need to have an investigation. Insurance companies kick back to the police by the insurance commissioner. Because I'm thinking the insurance companies are are giving them some kind of kickback or some kind of incentive thing. I've heard of them doing things with uh, the laser uh, guns where they do the speed, for the laser guns that they use and i'm thinking that the insurance commission needs to check on
1: that uh, that would be an interesting one for sure there's a lot of uh, interesting things going on with the city of wichita right now so you're right we need to have a lot of those conversations of uh, j- just, just out on, of curiosity yeah just out of curiosity scott i know that it's early right now but we do have the big mayor's race coming up uh this year are you uh, obviously with how closely you follow a lot of the city issues are you leaning towards a certain individual? Are you liking some of the comments or, or thoughts coming from certain candidates for mayor?
2: Well, I haven't seen anything just yet, but my policy is whoever's in office right now, whether it be county who is uh, paying two rents, I guess they're paying for the county building and they're paying for another building off of Douglas here. So they're no longer doing county business in the county building. So they need to get out of office. The city. Uh, council needs to get out of office. The mayor needs to get out of office. A whole lot of people need to leave because Mm -hmm. they're doubling the money that the people are paying, and none of them are are getting us any necessities that we need.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff they definitely have to focus on. So, Scott, I appreciate it. Good information. We're going to have most of the candidates on for the mayor's race, and we actually have one of the city council candidates coming on here uh, at the bottom of next hour in a little bit. So I know you follow a lot of those issues, Scott, and we appreciate that. Very much. Have a great weekend, my friend. Always a pleasure. 316 8255 talk Do you watch Fox News? Are you not going to watch Fox News any longer? And where do you think Tucker Carlson's going to land on his own media platform? Or is he going to be heading off to Newsmax or another one of those uh, outlets as well? Some interesting stuff going on right now, especially with people trying to find where the best information is. Not necessarily just to go along with their own ideals, but just to get information that they trust. It's not about just wanting to hear the echo chamber of information that you want, but it's really just about being comfortable and understanding that you actually trust the information, trusting the source that's getting to you. What is that source? I'm curious on where you get a lot of your thoughts on these issues. We'll take a break here. we got some more calls online. Hang tight with us right around the corner. It's Candace Talk right here on KQAM. Lots to get to for a Saturday morning. Hang tight. Three minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Hey, thanks for hanging out today on a Saturday morning, getting you up and moving for another weekend. We have the state legislature wrapping up, sending some final bills out to the governor, who's vetoed more bills than what we've seen since any governor since really the 1970s, I've heard. We're overriding vetoes at a record level as well, according to State Representative Blake Carpenter from the Derby area, saying that the record is about nine. And we're breaking that record by hopefully doubling that this year with how almost with how many uh, vetoes that the governor's actually made uh, uh, throughout this session. So uh, there's a lot of work to be done. And as we focus on some budgetary issues, tax issues in the state of Kansas, the women's rights issues as well, which is really fascinating. Even the governor said that uh, obviously we don't men playing in women's sports. Obviously, we know what the difference is between a man and a woman. But yet vetoes all the bills that defines those things. I find that quite odd. So we do. We were able, by the way, to veto a couple weeks ago, or last week maybe. We were able to uh, override the veto on the women's sports bill, uh, saying that men are not able to perform in women's sports, in women's athletics, and uh, across the state of Kansas. So that's good news. We also have the women's rights bill. We have the abortion issues as well. A lot of things that we're going to cover throughout the show today, and as we do our legislative updates over the next few weeks with different legislators on the program. With that though, the question is: are you watching Fox News? Are you still watching Fox or are you done with them? And are you moving on to Newsmax or One America's News Network or Real America's Voice? Or are you just getting away from TV altogether? And you're just watching radio programs and podcasting. And are you just going alternative methods of information? I'm curious on where you stand right now with the state of the media world. Let's go back to the lines here, shall we? Line number two. Good morning. Here's this.
3: Andy fight
1: the power mr Sean how are you sir oh
3: pretty good pretty good there we go good. in answer to your question no I ain't, I haven't even, I haven't watched Fox News in, uh since 2012 when I got rid of cable
1: all right all right so you weren't uh, you weren't an avid Tucker Carlson viewer at night every day either
3: no no but I just want to say it was a really brilliant move that Fox News made firing him like that I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> they just cost themselves a lot of money, that's for sure.
1: That is true.
3: So, but uh, I did get rid of uh, their app the other day.
1: The Fox News oh, app, what? you got rid of that one. Well, I tell you, their their stock value is going down. They're, they lost almost a billion dollars about 700 million in the dominion settlement that they paid to the company in dominion not even trying to fight it in court just paying off the settlement being done but since then they've also lost about 800 million dollars in market value uh based on just the firing of Tucker Carlson imagine if you will a guy that is so influential and powerful in one singular media company that the one guy leaves and the entire company ends up losing uh, about a billion dollars worth of shares, like that's that that's pretty insane.
3: Well, if he does a Joe Rogan type thing, you know, g- gets his own uh, podcast, he'll make ungodly amounts of money.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, his contract with Fox was what six, eight million dollars. wasn't even near as much as Sean Hannity, and Sean Hannity didn't have the ratings that Tucker Carlson did. So yeah, if he goes off on his own, now the question is, does he just do? a podcast like Joe Rogan? Does he start a network like Glenn Beck and actually do an entire network with different programs? I'm curious on what the actual plans are. Uh, Apparently if you go to Tucker Carlson's website and uh, you can get signed up for his email list now, that uh, he's going to be announcing some things here relatively soon. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be just fine. It's just what manner he's going to be working now.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't fired Sean Hannity. I wonder when that's coming.
1: You know, if they're doing the moves that they are right now, then it wouldn't surprise me if they do fire him relatively soon, along with maybe Laura Ingram, along with Judge Jeanine Pirro, along with some of the other ones as well. Jesse Waters, there's a lot of there's a there's a few decent conservatives on Fox right now. It's just how long are they going to keep him?
3: Well, he should retire anyway. I mean, come on, man. That's a lot of time you got to put in for both a three hour radio show and a one hour TV show. So,
0: well,
1: that I, is true. However, the third hour of his radio program is always pre-taped, either like a replay of the first hour or uh, loaded up stuff. Because by that time, that's when he's starting to record his TV program. So he's really not doing a full three hours of radio. Oh,
3: really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't know that. It sounded live to me, but yeah. So, hmm. Well, yeah. I uh, I just listen to the radio and I check out the. Um, Dan Bongino's podcast with Pat Gray and Lee Glenn Beck, sometimes Mark Levin. So, so you just kind of bounce around
1: all over the place.
3: That's typically where I get my news. I, I've got the Newsmax app and I got Real American News app, but I I hardly ever watch them.
1: So if uh, so, would you be open to Tucker Carlson jumping on with Newsmax? Then do you think that would help them out?
3: Well, not if he can make more money. uh uh being his own boss. Yeah. yeah you that know, is true. he's already going through this crap with uh, Fox News. Why risk it with another outfit? You know, I mean, I know Newsmax is conservative, but, you know, what if he said something on Newsmax and Newsmax got sued? Yeah. Yeah. Well business.
1: Yeah, well, that is true. And Newsmax is not anywhere near the size of Fox or some of those other networks, which means they wouldn't be able to pay him nearly as much even as what he was doing uh, at Fox. So you're right. He's going to definitely make a lot more money if he goes on his own. It sounds like, however, according to uh, TMZ right now, that Newsmax is begging him to come over and actually do a show over there because you're right. If he does go over there, he could potentially bring the near three million viewers nightly to Newsmax when they're floating right around a half a million viewerships right now for their peak.
3: Well, who isn't begging him? I mean, Glenn Beck, I'm sure, would love to have him come work for uh, Blaze Radio.
1: Now, well, he's made the offer. He's made the offer to jump on board with, with the Blaze and actually partner up with him as well. So, uh, yeah, you're right. He's He's got a lot of offers to him, and he is a very popular, in-demand kind of guy, which means he can pick and choose whatever options that he wants. Uh, moving forward so sean i appreciate it brother we got to take a break here when we come back elizabeth patton she'll be with us from americans for prosperity so uh, sean you enjoy the weekend my friend and enjoy that warmer weather now that we're finally into the spring season it's here the warm weather the rain Maybe a little bit of storms. I'm okay with that as well. Some of those lightning uh, shows, man. I love the state of Kansas. Greatest place on the face of the earth. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk about some tax issues. How did the legislature wrap up on budgets and taxes in the state? We'll do that with Elizabeth Patton right around the corner here on KQAN.
0: Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier.
1: Yes, indeed you are. Welcome back into the program. It's Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Also, hat tip to our friends out in Garden City on KIUL. Also hanging out with us today, as usual, on a Saturday morning. Welcome in, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Elizabeth Patton, not able to get a hold of her right now. She may be wrapping some things up in the uh, Capital right now. I know it's been a busy week for them, obviously. They've been focusing a lot on these bills. We'll try and get her on the show in a little bit. If not, we'll get her rescheduled for next week or so. Not a big deal there. I want to tell you about my friends over at Napoleon Appliance Repair. They can help out with any of your appliances, so this is kind of embarrassing. You'll enjoy this. Uh, a few years ago, we were hosting a Thanksgiving dinner with some family and friends that were in town, and... We had put some food into the, this is the day before Thanksgiving, and we uh, put some food into the oven, turned on the oven, put the food in there, waited for a couple hours for it to cook. We opened it up a couple hours later, and it was still cold because our oven had just completely died. It was ridiculous. Had to go out and get a a new one. Not knowing at that time about Napoleon Appliance Repair. These guys can handle any of these issues if you have appliances that you have in your home that may be on the fritz, maybe acting out just a little bit. So get them fixed, especially before the summertime, before the holidays. You don't want things. Not working right, especially like if it's your refrigerator. Now, these new refrigerators, man, they all the electronics and the computers in there, and you're out of carrots, and putting it on your grocery list for you electronically. Kind of weird, a little bit creepy, but if you do use that stuff, then all the power to you, that's awesome. They can fix those. They can also make sure the old and classic ones are running smoothly as well. From the new to the used, no matter what you have, they can fix it up. Napoleon Appliance Repair. Give them a call at 316-409-1525. Again, 316-409-1525. You can also find them on their Facebook page at Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. Again, on Facebook at Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. Go and check them out. Talk to Mike. Tell them that we sent you here with the voice of reason. Great partners with us here on KQAM and great friends here on the show with Candace. Talk. And we appreciate them very, very much. All right, 316-721-8255. Real quickly shift gears the question still open if you want to uh, chime in on fox news do you watch fox are you watching it after the whole blow up with tucker carlson the lack of a contractual agreement with dan bongino and where everybody's kind of going independent with some of the news outlets and some of the news programs. Are you watching Fox still, or have you moved on? And where would you like to see Tucker Carlson end up? I want to shift gears, however, though, and go to some of the uh, statewide issues, obviously, with the, uh, uh, the legislature that's wrapping up for 2023. There are a few bills. We've vetoed a lot of them. Don't have an official count yet, as they kind of are finishing things up. But they are overriding some of the really important bills. And I... Again, I don't know why we would even have to worry about a veto from the governor on this, but we did have Governor Kelly veto House Bill 2313, and luckily we had the legislature override that veto. That was the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, which is to me would be one of the most common sense bills that we could have in our legislature. That is, if you are, it's not banning abortion, but the bill essentially says if you're having an abortion and the doctor performs the abortion, and is removing the baby from you, and the baby is still alive once it's removed, that it's by law state requirement that the doctor must do some life-saving measures and preserve that living individual because it's a living being. And originally, the House voted 88 234 on the bill that would not have been enough to override that veto. But however, as of earlier this week, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, they did override that veto and uh, and now that bill will become law in the state of Kansas. In a statement from Speaker Dan Hawkins, the Kansas House delivered a blow to Governor Kelly and the most radical in the pro-abortion movement with a success vote to overturn her veto of the Born Alive Infants Protection Act. Governor said in her statement that this does not happen. Uh, There are abortion survivors walking among us today that prove otherwise. All infants in Kansas will now, by law, receive the same standard of care across the board, no matter the intention or circumstances surrounding their birth. Interesting stuff. With the override, the Health Care Stabilization Fund also made a statement saying, Today, Kansas House Republicans successfully voted to override the governor's veto and support the will of the people who overwhelmingly oppose taxpayer funding of abortions. This necessary update on current law does close loopholes supported by Governor Kelly that allows abortion providers to purchase insurance from the state's health care stabilization fund. So uh, interesting override on that one. Another bill that Governor Kelly did veto that we were not able to override by the end of the session was the Eddie Eagle program. As you know, the Kansas State Rifle Association had their annual convention just last week and we were up there for that. Hopefully you were able to make that. It was a great event, Uh, but we had it lingering out there. It did not pass with the veto-proof numbers in the legislature. And after the veto of the Eddie Eagle program, we were not able to override that one. So that one is dead for another year. That bill essentially saying to children, if you find a firearm to don't touch it, leave it there, go tell an adult, and that's it. And by those uh, steps, I guess you could call it, training for children, don't touch it, go tell an adult, leave it alone. To Governor Kelly, during her statement of the veto, made the statement that that is training for young children for guns. And obviously, we don't want to be training children with firearms because then we would have. More children that are familiar with firearms. And to Governor Kelly, that would be a very scary aspect to their lives. So they don't want that. So she vetoed the program mostly because it's attached to the NRA. And to them, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, is the most evil organization on the face of the earth. And therefore, we need to veto anything that partners with the NRA, even if it's a common sense bill. The fact that we have Colorado that is run by vastly radical left-wing progressive Democrats... Uh, in the legislature and uh, the governor, and they were able to pass an Eddie Eagle program with the help of, by the way, the NRA and Travis Couture Lovelady, our NRA liaison as well, but he represents the NRA out in Colorado as well. They were able to pass it, but yet our Republican legislature and our Democrat governor here in Kansas can't pass a simple bill that tells children not to touch a firearm, to go tell an adult, and to leave it there because that's considered training for children showing that either she doesn't know the bill or she doesn't care about the bill. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Some of the other ones, real quickly here, include House Bill 2285, as the Kansas Senate voted 22 to 18 to pass that. Now, these are ones that are not uh, uh, vetoed by Governor Kelly, but these are new bills that are sent to her desk that she will decide on whether to pass or veto Um, and we won't have a choice to either override that veto or let it stand as is because the session will be over by the time she makes those decisions. House voted 63 to 56, where it would remove the power from public health officials to issue orders during the healthcare emergencies. Thank you. Thank you. We should be applauding that one very much. Not allowing the health departments to actually decide, well, there's a health emergency. We're going to decide what you do. I think we learned our lesson, at least I'm hoping, that we learned our lesson. I'm hoping that most of our legislators learned their lesson, that in the state legislature this year, uh, over the last couple years, during the COVID-19 pandemic, that they were essentially powerless when the governor declared a health emergency and the health department stepped in to decide what was going to be open and what was not going to be open. Why we didn't allow the legislature, who has more authority over the people and more, uh, I guess, in tune with the people since they're elected at such a local level, level in local districts across the state, why we wouldn't allow them to have that prerogative with, obviously, the recommendations from the health department blows my mind. But no, no. The power was uh, consolidated into the governor and into the state health department to say, well, churches can't be open because you're, you know, too close to each other. You can't be around each other like that. Uh, Liquor stores can be open, but you have to do really the the, uh, uh, drive up and the curbside pickup churches can't be open abortion clinics could be open though because even you know you're not very intimate there it's not like you're getting close and you know interacting with one another on a physical level there in any way shape or form so those could be churches however you can't be open. small businesses if you have a little mom-and-pop shop you can't be open or if you are open you need to do curbside pickup or you need to everybody have their masks and be six feet apart because remember the science changed (laughs) during the COVID pandemic. Before, it was, you know, as long as you're not within a six-foot radius of someone for more than 10 minutes, then you're fine. If 9 minutes and 58 seconds, you're totally cool. At 10 minutes, boom, COVID was going to get you. You could have a bar, but you could only be open for a certain max capacity, and you had to close by 10 o'clock because by 10 o'clock was when the virus was going to come out and get you. But at 9.58, it wasn't going to get you because it wasn't quite awake yet, hadn't put on its pants yet to actually go out and about and start its activity of getting everybody infected with the virus. Those were the decisions that were made by our governor and by our health department at the state level and at the federal level that they were using as guidance from the CDC and the FDA, uh, the NIH and the FDA and all these other organizations that did us no service during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hey, you need to put up your plastic barriers at the grocery store to where you don't spit on each other, but you're going to hand somebody an item that you touched That has your stuff on it, your germs on it, that they're going to pick up and scan and then give back to you. And then you're going to swipe your card on a card machine that has plastic on it where the last person that was in front of you just touched the same piece of plastic because that's going to stop the COVID-19 virus in some way. That's how stupid our health departments were at that time. And we went along with it. And thank God we over, uh, we at least passed a bill. Now, I doubt the governor's going to sign it. More than likely, she's going to veto it. That would take the power away from the health officials and actually give it to the legislature to make our own damn decisions when it comes to issues like that. Senate Bill 113 as well was passed. In a decent amount, House voted 83 to 37 on uh, funding the state's education budget. Now, this has been a hot topic as well. We've had uh, Christy Williams on, state representative from the Augusta area, to talk about these. And we'll get her on to recap at the end. But she's the head of the education uh, committee in the House of Representatives talking about the school choice bill that she was the one that really crafted that. That didn't get as much leverage and much support as what we wanted to. But at the same time, uh, we are still working on some type of school voucher program to allow the vouchers to go to private schools, charter schools, different public schools. to have that school choice, create a little bit of competition in the market. We'll talk a little bit about that as well, by the way. Coming up in hour number two with Kathy Bond, our school board, one of our school board members for the Wichita area USD 259. Uh, The competition within the school district, you know, allowing districts in different school buildings to actually compete against each other, to raise up the value a little bit, hold the teachers accountable a little bit more, actually create a little bit of a fire under them to say, hey, maybe we should actually make kids college prep ready when they graduate. It's a crazy concept. I know it's something that's very controversial to actually say that we should make them college ready or we should at least have them graduate not at a fifth grade or eighth grade level in their math or their reading skills or their writing skills. Maybe they should actually be high school ready by the time they graduate and be able to go off either to a trade school or to higher education or go into the workforce, but at least be a little more educated than what we are. There's also another concern as well with some of the schools, the rural communities across the state, which is a huge issue of the consolidation of schools, just because of the low number of students there and the quality of education. I'm very concerned with the school district that I'm in, not going to mention which one it is on the air, but the school district that my little girl is in with a little voice of reason going into the, can you believe it, fourth grade next year? Holy cow, stop growing! Uh, but that school, very, very small, outside of the Wichita area, Uh, they have a 0% college prep readiness by their graduation rates. Zero. And that's a cause for concern. Now, they are making some changes this year uh, for the next school year that may help. It may be good, and I am optimistic about that. But I am also concerned as well because I want my daughter to be college ready. And if that consists of her going to school and then doing private schooling at home on top of that, then that's what we have to do. But we shouldn't have to do that. And we need to focus on with how much money is going into education in the states, you'd think that we should actually have some decent graduation rates and college readiness by the end of their um, educational experience, put it that way. So, lot to talk about. And we'll do all that as well with some of the legislators coming on here over the next few weeks. If you have any issues that you're concerned about, you're more than welcome to call as well at 316-721-8255, talk and let us know. How you thought this session went this year, because it was an interesting one for sure. We had some good stuff that came out. We had some not so good stuff that came out. The marijuana issue for those that have focused a lot of attention on marijuana in the state. Nothing happened there. We had three bills. We had a good opportunity for it this year, and it didn't go anywhere. And that is if I had the biggest criticism for our Republican caucus in both chambers this year, it's the fact that you put your blinders on, you ignored the issue and you didn't address it when this is probably one of the higher up priorities that we should be making in our state right now. Others may disagree and I'm not saying we need to just run on board and just go crazy with recreational or anything, but I am saying that we need to address the issue and recognize that it's here. It's not going anywhere and with how much money is out there in this issue with last year or 2021 i'm sorry in 2021 having 30 billion dollars nationwide in that market is an interesting one being more money spent on that than chocolate in 2021 why the hell are not we bringing some of that money in and addressing that issue on a statewide front we'll do some more of that when we come back here update from aarp as well it's candace talk right here on wichita's big Talker kqam Talking again with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network or Time and Calculator. Getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out online at aarp.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Glenda's back on the line with us this week. How are you, Glenda?
4: I'm doing well, Andy. And you?
1: And always good. Good to talk with you. Let's talk some more about this Fraud Watch Network and some of the scams going on. Obviously, tax season's over, which is good, which means maybe we'll see some calming down of some frauds on that front. But it's always a concern when you're online, whether from your phone, your laptop, your desktop, computer, however you get on the interweb, it's always a good way to uh, find some tips and tricks to make sure you don't get scammed out of your personal information.
4: Absolutely, your personal information and your funds. And again, with different holidays coming up, uh, we know that online has really been a way that criminals are – reaching out and through the internet and really um, scamming, scamming our listeners. So we know that about one-fourth of fraud reports indicate that the contact m- method was an online source. So we've talked a lot about that, but we can never um, just really express too much the fact that our website apps and our pop-ups, ads, or social media, there's about six Out of 10 of those cases that people have seen those ads and clicked on them, they've lost money. So we really want to be able to reduce that. And one of the reasons that these attacks are so successful is that the criminals make it very hard to tell the difference between a legitimate website and a fake one. If you used to go into Billish.com and it's very – not – on possible that you would get something else just because of that happening uh, that's from something that looks like a um website, and you would click on it. But you need to be very sure. So if you're going to do that, you need to uh, type in that web address yourself yeah. so that you're putting it in and you're not just clicking on something that's coming back up. Um, because it's very, very easy to click on those from emails or text messages So, again, being sure that you type those in because we need to be aware that uh, these online ads, especially those that seem too good to be true, you've been there, you've done something, and now you've got a great uh, sale coming on those are not the ones that you want to click on again.
1: Yeah, that is very true. Now, where do you see a lot of these? Are they coming through your email? Are they different ads that may pop up on social media? I know we saw an issue about some scam websites and scam sales during the holidays on like Facebook Marketplace and that sort of thing. Or is it just all of the above?
4: It's all of the above. And on the website and even on your phone, you know, with Mother's Day coming up and, you know, different um, events like that, there's just, they come up on your phone, on your website, um, yes, in your text messages. I don't know about you, but we get them all day long. You know, you have the opportunity to to get them all day long and we talk to people and hear from people who are getting them just con- consistently. Yeah.
1: Uh, when you do see a lot of these, what's one of the signs that you can uh, speculate that it may be a scam? Obviously, like you said, if the deal's too good to be true, you know, a, a car for a dollar sort of thing may be just a little bit too good to be true, although as much as I would like something like that. But what else mm-hmm. are some of the signs, maybe like the logo looking a little bit different extra letters in the wording I mean what do you look for
4: yes 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 and the uh, the name of the the company you know there's it looks like Diller or whatever when you first look at it but if you pay closer attention um, it's not so yes just different additional uh, letters or numbers or whatever as added to those particular websites uh, will tell you that it's not the legitimate one that you want to click on
1: Sure. Always good information there. that you there. want to
4: go to. Yes.
1: Yeah, I love it. If they have more questions or information regarding some of those scams or if they're wanting to report some, how can they do so?
4: Right. Um, they can report them by calling 1-877-908-3360 or by going to aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork uh, on the website and report those also. I love that it. That way they are absolutely uh, spotting frauds. Scams and stopping them.
1: Always great information. We got just about a minute left here, but talk about what else is going on with the AARP now that the springtime's here, the warmer weather, getting outdoors. But what else do you guys have going on with the AARP?
4: Well, we absolutely still have our concerts online going on. Going on, so we want people to um, visit our Facebook and our YouTube pages for those. And then we also still have. Activities. If you go to aarp.org, you are able to see slash KS. You'll see different online and outside activities that we can join in
1: on. I love it. Always great information. AARP.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Glenda, we appreciate it very much. Let's do it again soon.
4: Thank you. you. Take care.
1: There it is. That's the latest from AARP. We'll get another update from them next week. All right. Hour number one all wrapped up. Hour number two right around the corner. We got a lot to talk about: some um, school board issues, educational issues across the state. Also, getting ready for election season later on this fall. Lots more coming up. It's Caves Talk on KQAM,
0: unfiltered, broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier.
1: Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into it. It's tower number two of Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker. 1480 on the AM dial, also on the HD. If you have one of them smart radios, you can find us on 99.7 HD4. Listen to us there. Also, hat tip to our friends out at KIUL in Garden City, Kansas. 1240 on the AM dial. Picking up the program this weekend as well. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. talk If you want to jump into the program, covered a lot of ground last hour. The question still stands, are you still watching Fox News after the letting go of Tucker Carlson? Or are you done? Finito. Their ratings have dropped. He was averaging right around 3.2, 3.3 3. 3 million views every night. Fox News in that time slot now down to about 1.5 million, so cutting about 60%. <laughs> Carlson. He's out as well. He made his first video on Twitter, and he's hit over 25 million views on that, so just by himself on his own, he's uh, definitely made some trending. Where is he going to go, and where do you get your information now? Do you trust Fox? Bongino's gone. Tucker Carlson's gone. Hannity, I hear that with the whole Dominion case that Sean Hannity and uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro both got, quote-unquote, warnings. Based on the content that they are putting out regarding the elections and Dominion stuff, so are they going to be out soon as well with the rebranding of Fox News? Interesting information. We'll get to some more of that here in just a little bit. Three one six seven two 1, eight two five five. But I want to shift gears a little bit, bring it back down to the home front. We've covered some of the uh, election issues and legislative issues. We'll get back to some of our legislative bills here in just a bit too, because some of it obviously having to do with education, the school choice bill. That was out there, the school vouchers. They're still working on the funding budgets for the public education system in Kansas and where that may fall. So, we'll do some of that in a bit. But we haven't had her in the studio for a little bit here. So, it's exciting to have her back in here from USD 259, the Wichita School Board area. But, Wichita School Board member, Kathy Bond. Kathy, how are you? Good
5: morning, Andy.
1: Good thank morning. Thank you for
5: having me on. Yeah, come a
1: little bit closer to that mic there. It's a I li- can do that. There we go. Okay, there we go. perfect. Thank you. Yes. It's good to have you on the show again. It's been a bit. And since you're one of the uh newer freshman uh school board members how was how's the first year how's things going
5: the first year was hard especially with that first meeting and it, i hate to rehash the past but sure i'm branded now
1: yeah i was going to say you were <laughs> so for those that don't know when you got elected and you along with three others the others. Uh, two two others that's right uh two others you i uh yeah there's three total four of you ran three of you made it right, in that's right. right uh but you guys were labeled as the Uh, the radicals at the time it was towards the end of the pandemic and didn't wear the masks and caused a lot of issues there and wanting to get rid of a lot of the school mandates and how dare you ruffle the feathers right in right away there how dare you do that
5: well we didn't know what was going to happen the board president at the time pulled um diane and i off to the side and said i'm going to request everyone wear a mask and diane said why (laughs) and he said because it's the law and i said no 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 it is not the law And he turned around and he walked away. And I go, whoa, 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 come back here. Yeah. Tell me what's going to happen if we don't wear those masks. And he said, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. So I had the mask in my hand. I did. And I looked out at everybody that attended the meeting. And when I saw that none of them moved a hand when the president said, please put your masks on, I was not going to betray the people that voted me into that position because I'm their voice. Sure. Um, and I'm I'm a loyalist. I'm loyal to the people that elected me, and I want to do what they want me to do.
1: Yeah. Since then, I mean, right out of the gates, you know, causing that controversy, ruffling those feathers, since then, have things mellowed out and gotten back to, quote, unquote, business as normal?
5: Actually, it has. And I'm going to tell you that um, the springboard that initiated some bonding, excuse the pun, um, <laughs> with, with a board... Um, is the fact that we needed to find a new superintendent. And when Dr. Thompson gave her uh, resignation to retire um, last October, we went into it. I made the motion to uh, look internally first because these are our people. Right. And I I'm a, I believe that we need to look inside first. And and it passed unanimously, 7-0 vote. And well, then there was a little bit of um, tension about, I wish I didn't vote for that motion. I didn't understand that motion. How are we gonna be able to find talent? We did. We found exceptional talent in the applications. And when it got down to um, the selection and the board had to negotiate amongst each other, uh, you know, I prayed that day. Cause I, 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 I saw a direction that our school district could go into Sure. selecting a certain candidate. And I was excited to do that. And I, you know, I told you earlier that that morning I prayed and I said, okay, God, please keep my mouth shut. (laughs) And when, then they came around to me and they said, well, Kathy, you've been kind of quiet and everybody laughs. And um, I, and this is what I said. I said, this school board right now at this moment needs to decide what direction do you want to see your school district go into? Do you want to keep what we have and build on that? Or do you wanna go into a new direction that's gonna equip our students to not only go to college, but to get a job and have a skill set where they can immediately jump out of graduation into a job. And that's where I see our school district going into. Education is still the same, but how our students are learning is changing. And I think that it's up to us to find a way that's going to um, accommodate their way of learning um, some are visual learners, some are audible learners. And and you know, I had a student that told me, I have a teacher that gave the class a choice. You can learn by projects with a group or you can learn with your essays and your tests. And half wow. of the class separated, and they're all passing the class.
1: They're all doing the way to, yeah, that, that's the thing. The umbrella teaching of just everybody do the same thing is not the way to go here. And I think the frustration that a lot of parents have, a lot of members of the community have is the fact that education funding has gone up so much over the years to where, and I, I've said this a couple of years for a while now that when I came into radio here in Wichita in 2015, we were breaking records at about nine thousand dollars per student for education, and it, how close that was to private schooling that was about eleven thousand. Now we're at like eighteen to nineteen thousand dollars. Graduation rates haven't increased necessarily, and like you said, the main focus—the college readiness, graduating out above a fifth or eighth grade level of math or science or writing or reading—hasn't um, increased. After all of that money was sunk in there, and that's the question, how do we get those rates up to where the kids walk out of school knowing the education and ready for either a trade school, the workforce, or some form of higher education?
5: And I think you're going to see that with our new superintendent, Kelly Bielefeld. He has got a vision that was totally aligned with mine in seeing how these kids can be truly equipped to be a success in their community that they choose to live in. Hopefully they'll stay here. Hopefully the job market will increase to where they've got a skill set that they can go ahead and start working right away. I believe, you know, I did not return to college until I was 52 and I re- I graduated with a degree at the age of 60. Sure. So you're never too old and it's never too late. My son tried to do college two, right out of high school and he lasted two years and he said, I'm not ready for this. And so that's what he went into the Air Force for five years and yeah. now he's graduating next month from Colorado State University with his degree in hand. That's amazing. I'm excited for him and he's under 30. You're never too old and it's never too late. As long as you get that basic education um, in your schools, our, we've got incredible teachers. We've yeah. got teachers that care. And I do believe that every single board member truly cares about the success of each student that attends our schools. Sure. I will say that.
1: That's amazing. I love it. It Has it been a challenge getting the kids back on track and getting back up to par and almost essentially even losing a year after the COVID pandemic from doing the homeschooling, uh, not really getting. I mean, essentially, we lost an almost an entire year of education. They didn't stop growing. So how has been that transition trying to play catch up from that year and get them back up to where they need to be this year.
5: I'm glad you asked that. Um, I attended a super, super sack. Super, super sack, there is a super sack, which is uh, two seniors from each high school meet with the superintendent on a monthly basis. A super, super sack is when they add seven additional to those two. And I attended that and we broke off into groups and I heard what the students were saying. They were saying how that pandemic did slow them down. And we'll look at the beginning of our school year, the behavior problems and that we continue to still have. I just think that that was just, just, I think there's a lot of anger in our kids that has either gone undiagnosed or it's just underlying anger and they don't even know it. They're just acting out. And I think that, I think the city, and I think you're speaking to a Gary Bond after you talked to me.
6: Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's
5: running for city council. And and he can tell you a little bit about the ideas of what's going to be happening with the city with some mental health um, uh, facilities that are going to be coming. And I think we need that for our kids.
1: We do need that. Yeah, we see a lot of the issues right now. Like you said, at, at least it's not as bad as what we're seeing in other parts of the country with you know literally beating on teachers and, and a lot of issues. But I mean, we still see cases of, you know, knives or guns showing up at North High, for example, and a lot of the metal detectors that we're starting to see in the schools, that's an issue that uh, I'm glad we're addressing it, but it's sad that we've gotten to that point. Right. Let me tell
5: you, first of all, allow me to correct you. They're not metal detectors. Okay. These are scanners who can pick up a gun. Mm, Okay. okay. They pick up a gun. And um, the first incident, and and I'll be reporting this at the board meeting because I'm grateful these scanners are working. Sure. Um, one, one, um, high schooler brought it in and said it was his dad's backpack and it may have been, I mean, I wasn't there, um, but they caught the gun and the other one, um, it was actually, um, a BB gun, uh, but still,
0: still, yeah. <laughs> a gun
5: is a gun is a gun is a gun. And, um, why would you bring that? And he walked out and tried to put it back in his car and security followed him. And then I'm, I don't know what happened after that. Sure. So, I mean, but the scanners are working in our high schools, and yeah. um, I'm grateful for that. And it seems to have lowered the temperate down a little bit.
1: That is good news. And like you said, I'm glad they're working. It's just said that we have to have those in the first place.
5: It, again, you're yeah. right. It, it's very, very sad. And I want Wichita not to become a statistic. Yeah. Uh, we already are with Goddard back in the day. And um, I want our kids to feel safe. And I, I'm going to assure you that everyone on our board wants to see our kids safe and assure all of your listeners that
1: yeah amen to that we're talking with kathy bond a school board member for usd 259 here speaking of real quickly on the issue uh a couple weeks ago when we had all those swatting calls that happened across uh not just here in wichita but really across the entire state of kansas um uh, hat tips to all law enforcement for how they responded to that one. No issues there. But is that a growing concern for us of getting these random fake calls about active shooter situations or some type of event going on in our schools right now? And is there something that we could do so- about that?
5: Well, OK, so I don't know about swatting calls being, you know, out of control here in our district. Yeah, what I would like to see and there are going to be people who are especially the students who are not going to agree with me but come up the next school year, I am gonna advocate to keep cell phones out of the classroom. I do Ooh. know that one of our high schoolers, Northwest does that and it is a success. And whether it means um, building a cubby hole outside of each classroom and putting the phone in there, right. I do not wanna see one cell phone in the classroom.
1: Interesting. You are going to ruffle some feathers with some kids. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. I mean, th- are you hearing cases of students that are actually texting during class, oh, you know, just distracted constantly? Come on. It's, it's, yeah. come I can on. only imagine. And yeah. you know,
5: I asked the kids, I, I substitute in Derby and yesterday I was with fifth graders. Okay. And I said, what causes fights? And they said, our friends. Friends cause fights. Well, how do you think that happens? Probably texting, probably TikTok in the middle of a class when you should be listening, but you're having fun anyway.
0: (laughs) Oh,
1: interesting. That's going to be a fun one. That'll be a fun discussion for next year. Let's take a break here real quick. We're talking with Kathy Bond, school member for the Wichita School District. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the curriculum. We are talking a little bit off the air about financial classes. It's been a conversation at the statewide level, but the school district doing some things about it, financial literacy. Imagine that, learning about checkbooks, learning about holding a bank account and trying to wake you up. If I had that, maybe I wouldn't be in $50,000 of student loan debt right now. I'm just throwing that out there. So <laughs> a little bit of a personal education and financial literacy would be good. We'll do some of that and more when we come back here. Your phone calls at 316-721, uh, 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. It's Candace Talk right here on KQA. Stay here. back into the program thanks for hanging out today 24 minutes past the hour 316 721 if you want to jump onto the maximum outdoor equipment hotlines moving through the saturday morning for you are we done with the rain it looks like it's cleared up a little bit but we could definitely use more i loved it too it wasn't that downpour and then just flooded everything out it drizzled for like three days which was awesome i love it we're hanging out with kathy bond here for a few more minutes school board member for the wichita school district and you and I were talking off the air a little bit ago about some of the curriculum, and one of the biggest issues I've wanted to see was a financial literacy class. I didn't have that in my school. I don't know why we didn't teach that. I was very frustrated, and I've made a lot of really, really dumb financial decisions in my life uh, because I didn't know any better. Oh, everybody takes out student loans. Everybody just pays them back. It's easy to pay them back once it's done. You don't have to worry about it, and now, what, almost 10 years after being out of college— I'm still paying on $50,000 a student loan debt right now, which, you know, I'm making headway, and it was 60 a couple of years ago, so it's moving downward. But I wouldn't have done the things that I probably did before if I would have known these things. But Wichita's actually doing this stuff.
5: Yes. Wichita Public Schools teaches our high schoolers financial literacy. It is a requirement. To be able to graduate, so
1: that's amazing.
5: No, let's just squash the rumors right now that they're <laughs> they're not teaching our kids about money. They are, and there when you sit on the board, you're um you're appointed to certain committees. I I sit on the um safety and um security committee, mm. and I also sit on. I'm an ex officio board member uh, for Pando, and Pando has been around for 31 years, and it is a mentoring program that helps the schools, not just Wichita, but in Derby. And they're trying to get into Mays right now. And they partner with us. And, um, okay, so Monday I'll be going into Wilbur because Pando is doing what they call you reality okay. I volunt- And I volunteer to do this just because I I'm, I like to be a part of things and see see how things run. Yeah. And I did one at North, and I'm doing one at Wilbur on Monday. So what Pando does is they um, set up booths all around their gym, uh, one booth can be the bank. Another booth is child care. Another booth might be employment, grocery store, the amenities of life. Sure. Okay. And each student is then given a checkbook with an amount of money based upon their job. Okay. And at this point, they're supposed to kind of visualize that they're in their 20s, which might be hard for an eighth grader, but still, they do that. This is what they did at North High. and. You can pretend to be married with um, four children or you can be single. You can be a single parent. You can be any one of those people in those situations. Sure. And what I learned is that our kids do not understand how expensive child care is. <laughs> and... um they're like oh my gosh oh my gosh and then you add a second child to that mm-hmm. um it's even more and then they have to go back to the bank to get more money sure uh, or they might have to go to their employer and say I need a raise or the, the wife might have to go out and work too yeah. and and then I mean if the wife is not working it's, it's better but it's just they learn yeah. they learn and they learn
1: about real world and the,
5: their eyes are opened up and they're like okay and I do believe yeah. that these U-Reality situations have helped students see things for the reality that it is. That's amazing. And yeah, it's great. So Andy, there is there are programs that our school offers. Now whether or not these students decide to take part in them or learn from them, that's out of our hands. Sure. You know, you, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. Exactly. But the, the avenues for these um, experiences are there. We have great programs for our students.
1: That's a one I was not aware of that program at all. And I would like to see how that works, too, because that's really neat. I never had anything like that. And I'm sure after seeing some of those expenses, they're like, you know, I don't know that I want any kids at the end of the day. Or maybe, like you said, they they make a lot of it it opens their eyes to at least go down the road thinking of how do I approach things a little bit better or prepare a little bit more. That's an amazing opportunity. I would invite
5: you to come with me Monday.
1: I might have to do something that. Like I would that. invite cool. you to
5: come with me and then you can talk about it to your listeners and say, wow, this was really awesome. That was
1: really neat. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. cool.
5: But the Pando experience is a gr- great thing. And it's a wonderful organization of community members. And um, they have their volunteers. They have their... They're sure. bored, and they get everything in place for our, for the kids around the surrounding areas.
1: Oh, in the area. I love it. we got just about a minute left here, okay. Kathy, but uh, as we wrap up the school year this year, uh, relatively successful school year, you think everything turned out pretty decent, and how excited are you to start fall already?
5: I am more excited than I was when I was even running for this position. That's how excited I am to go into this um, next uh, phase of my um, term as well as the next school year for our students. Um, I've met with Kelly Billifield, um several times and um, every time I have an opportunity, I talk him up because I want the community to know we're in very, very good hands and we're going to be going off into a great direction for our kids.
1: A lot of opportunity for yes. the Wichita School District. Yes. Things could be turning around. We could see some high graduation rates, some college prepness. And um, we don't have time now, but next time we can come on, talk a little bit about the trade schools that are partnering with the schools to try and get them in a good transitional phase as well. So
5: I would even go further and ask you to invite Kelly Bielefeld to come
1: and talk mm, to you about that. Absolutely. We'll get him on the program here okay. soon as well. Kathy? You. Always good That's to talk great. to you, my thank friend. Thank
5: you, Andy. Thank always you. Great.
1: We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit and go into election season a bit as candidate for Wichita City Council. Gary Bond will be joining us in studio to talk about the campaign, what's going on in the city of Wichita now that we're going into the summer season as well and getting into the fall election season. Your phone calls at 316-721-8255 are always welcome right here on Kansas Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, thank KQAM.
0: To Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM.
1: Darn right it is. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Also, we are broadcasting out in Garden City, Kansas on K I U L. Welcome up, guys. Happy Saturday. You guys joined us starting a few weeks ago. Sorry, I mean to be inclusive. All y'all out in Garden City. Gotta be inclusive for everybody nowadays, right? Can't be selective. 316-721-8255, 316 talk uh, Just a heads up as well, on our national broadcast on Monday for The Voice of Reason, we'll have Congressman Ron Estes in studio with us for the first half hour of the program, get an update from Washington, D.C. The Conservative Political Action Conference, I got an email from them a few days ago, and they have Congressman Estes rated at a 94% conservative rating from the CPAC reviews. So kudos to him and congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, We'll get his thoughts on, obviously, the big issue going on in D.C. that I've been talking about has been the debt ceiling bill, the Republican bill that, is it a great way to compromise, or is it a uh, complete turnaround or reversal from the campaign promises, breaking those campaign promises of not increasing government, or allowing that debt ceiling to raise by another $1.5 trillion? We'll do that conversation coming up on Monday with Congressman Ron Estes. However... Right now, I want to keep it on the local front here as we go into, obviously, elections. It is, cool. I say that in air quotes, the off-election season. But we do have some big elections across the state of Kansas here in the Wichita area especially. We have the mayor. We have some city council seats. And one of those candidates for city council here in the city of Wichita in studio with us today, Mr. Gary Bond. Gary, what's happening, sir? How are you doing? Good morning. It's good to see you. Yeah, ready to rack and roll again. So you, are, you have officially announced or you've officially filed everything's all done.
6: Yes, I filed uh, back in November of last year Yeah, because I knew what I wanted to do right away. So I wanted to get, uh, get the ball rolling right away, and I, I filed in last November.
1: You're ready. So those that don't know, what district are you running for?
6: It's uh, District 5, which yep. is the northwest part of Wichita, basically north of Maple and about uh, west of West Street very Roughly good so the northwest part of
1: town yep. and that's an open seat due to brian fry who's the current city council member who's announced his run for mayor so that seat is open right now and uh mm-hmm. jumping to that one how are you feeling so far now that uh it's official and now that we're going down i guess into the home stretch now that summer's here and uh, the election's just a few months away
6: well it, it, picking up momentum now you know yeah. getting a lot of my volunteers together and some funding and that's where we're at now we're just kind of waiting on the the filing deadline is June 1st. Mm-hmm. So then after that, we'll see, we'll have the field all set. And yeah. uh, you can see with the mayor's race where there's people hopping in. Uh, things are, are picking up all the time. You know, there's something new every day now.
1: Yeah, that is very true, especially now that the things are open after COVID. Uh, which Let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously, it took a big hit on the local economy, a lot of small businesses that are affected mm-hmm. around COVID. Now that we're opened back up again or starting to get opened back up again, have you heard from... A lot of the small businesses and how, how is the economy and how are they doing trying to get back to normal?
6: Well, when it comes to the, the COVID situation, I I had a business myself that I had to close down at that mm. time, that COVID time. So there are businesses that have closed. Yep. There are some that uh, slowed down and had to uh, close and slow down. You know, During that time, they limited, like you were saying earlier, the governor and how she limited people and the way they were doing business. So it slowed down. But now that we've uh, we've got things going on and things are opened up and basically uh, the emergency is basically over is is what they tell us and so Joe Biden uh, said it so it must be true that's right whatever he says <laughs> um, so uh, momentum is picking up and you can see it in the community uh, yep. where you can see it in the in the, the numbers that we have as far as restaurants opening i know there's some closing but there's more opening and things like that and there's a lot of development going on around the city
1: yeah uh we were talking a little bit off the air about uh some of the concerts that uh, you know get to go to and so it's good to see the <clears throat> venues back at it the, then the bands touring and mm-hmm. even in the wichita area uh you know the cotillion and the wave and you know all these other venues around here the temple live mm-hmm. now over at the scottish Rite building all these venues and then even the big ones with interest bank arena and century 2 and hartman arena Bringing these concerts in, it's good to see, first off, them open again. Mm -hmm. It's good to see the bands touring, and it's good to see people wanting to turn out and actually uh, experience these things.
6: Yeah, I I really uh, really excited about not having to wear a mask.
1: Yes. (laughs) That was, you
6: know, in our lifetime, we will never, ever see that again, I hope. Uh, Something like that happened to us again. That is something that was just really squashed everybody's, uh, freedoms, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to see those kind of things back, too. Yeah. You know, like the River Festival. We're going to have a good River exactly. Festival out in the open. We St. Paddy's Day Parade masks. this year. St. Yeah. Paddy's yeah, we had that again this year uh, when nobody had to wear masks, you know, and it was open air, and, and uh, it was really like, I think it was like 30,000 people. Yeah. So uh, people got to come out in the spring and didn't have to worry about things. They're so when, when I see people running around and they still have a mask on, I kind of feel a little bit sad for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's their prerogative and their choice, that's cool. But, uh, you know, apparently the virus is gone. It was just weird how a lot of the businesses um, went along with a lot of the mandates of, well, like the bars, you have to close down at 10 because that's when the virus comes out. It's not going to be out there at 945. Mm -hmm. It's going to be out at 10. Mm -hmm. So you need to close by 10 o'clock. Why we went along with some of that was Mm kind of strange.
6: I I think that uh, local city council type if we had a stronger city council that could have stood up for the businesses a little more than they did and kept some of those open, uh, there were, there were seen some, some that were obviously needed to close. Maybe they, all the people were sick in there. 90% of the people were sick. Go ahead and close them. But it should have been their choice. Yeah. And if the businesses could have kept open, it would have helped.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let's uh, that's a perfect segue into, uh, running for this seat, wanting to be on the city council, what do you want to work on what do you want to prioritize and is that one of those things making sure that uh, if something god forbid like this ever happens again that we are a little bit more prepared for this and we don't see some of these absurd ridiculous uh, mandates or the city government actually supporting the local residents and the small businesses
6: well i think that uh, that that's something that uh, we need to change as far as and i think it has since we've gone through it i think a lot of its I think uh, people are going to think a little bit different about that if that situation comes up again. But some of the things that I want to support would be like public safety. Of course, that's always, you know, government's uh, big uh, uh, thing that they should be looking at the most is to protect us and not run our lives. So if they're going to protect us, then that's when we're going to have to have a strong police department, fire department, and EMS. So that's that's where I come from. My dad was a policeman for 30 years, and so I – kind of got that uh, in me, you know, and uh, uh, the – uh, police department has got to be strong and right now we're a little short-handed on officers
1: yeah we sat down with uh, police chief joe sullivan just a week or two ago and talked about some of those priorities and he's got a lot of big plans not only for trying to grow recruitment for the law enforcement in the area but just wanting to revamp the law enforcement getting them involved in the community and it sounds like he's got a, a lot of really great plans for the city uh, is that something that you'd like to focus on if you were on the uh, city council
6: yes i think that um I've listened to him about three times now. So I've listened to some of his uh, plans and, and some of the things that he wants to do. And, um, for instance, he didn't have any detectives in the middle of the night. He said third shift, no detectives. It's like, didn't make any sense. So there's some things that he's going to bring to us like that. But after we listen to all the things that he wants to do at the very end, we say, what's one thing that you want Mm -hmm. His number one thing is more officers. Sure. So he uh, recently has said that his search is going to go nationwide. And he he is, uh, it's kind of funny how he said that uh, he's going to promote Wichita, he really likes Wichita, and that uh, he can go back to the East Coast and promote guys and say you can drive across town in 20 minutes. Not in (laughs) Philadelphia, right? So uh, he's going to try to get some police officers from around the country to come and live in this great place of Wichita.
1: (laughs) that would be amazing that would be some great opportunity uh let's just get a little bit let's talk about um expansion of the city let's talk about the growth obviously the the big thing has been obviously the new baseball field that was done a couple of years ago now that that's officially done we're seeing uh, the response from that, but we have new innovation coming in. We have the expansion of the aviation industry. We have the tech industry. Uh, the city of Wichita got voted, I think, is number one for um, work-from-home location mm-hmm. because being center in the country here, to sit here, the reliability of, of all the resources and just being able to sit at home and do a lot of individuals' jobs. Um, with that ongoing expansion of this of the city, what would you like to see, or do you like the fact that we're expanding this way, or what ideas do you have to continue to keep that momentum going?
6: Well, one of the problems with growth, and some people say it's a good uh, good problem to have, but housing, affordable mm. housing, uh, the predictions are that we need 20 or short 25,000 yeah. affordable living units in, in Wichita, and we only pull uh, about building, building permits a 1,000 to 1,200 a year. Sure. So how are you going to build enough to take care of 25,000 units that we need? Right so now. Right yeah. now. We need them now with the semiconductor coming in and people wanting to live here to do Uh, business all over the country from here so if we're going to grow we're going to have to grow that housing area whether it needs to uh, train more builders give them a little less regulation so they can build a little quicker Um, those kind of things are going to have to happen and I think the city and the builders Association are talking about uh, the affordable housing problem
1: that's a great issue. Yeah, that's uh, the housing is crazy. I mean, the prices are still relatively reasonable compared to the rest of the nation, but just trying to find one is the problem. And both homes and uh, condos and apartments, I mean, we just need everything across the board, don't we?
6: Right. And uh, with uh, the housing uh, situation in the northwest part of town where I'm pretty much at, We're going to open up about 2000 units here in the next year. There's a lot of, you can see big apartment complexes are opening up as well as duplexes and single home, you know, family homes are opening up on the Northwest part, but that's still not going to be enough. And so, uh, but with the housing being short, like it is, and with the property taxes that everybody's complaining about because their property values went up, part of that reason is because we don't have enough housing. So it's rare, which makes the property values go up. So yeah. we have that problem that we need to watch. But um, it's just one of those kind of good problems to have. But uh, yeah, that's it is,
1: yeah, it is a good problem. Knowing that we are expanding, and we need it. But man, yeah. it's a yeah. I it's, I drive Mays and North Mays and 119th all the time, and all those expansions of them just massively building those houses out there is wild to see because they're putting those up pretty quick. So yeah. it's good to see we're trying to address <clears throat> that issue. Uh, before we take a break, I, I, mm-hmm. know, I have to ask you this because we get a caller that focuses a lot of on this, and I know he's going to call at some point and ask it. So yeah. uh, food deserts in the city oh, okay. with the amount of grocery stores that are lacking in certain communities, right. is there something we can do? And if you get on the city uh, city council what would you like to do to try to address this issue? Because there are a lot of communities to where their only food source is going to the gas station and getting mm-hmm. that hot dog off the roller, which mm-hmm. you know is cool once in a while, man. But you can't sustain on something like that. What can we do regarding some of these food desert issues?
6: And and that's not a good thing. It's not healthy. Exactly. For them to go there like yeah. that. So that didn't help us in that that part. But uh, they have studies and that they've done around the city and see where they need to put things like that. And probably the only incentive that the city could do would be something to incentivize incentivize somebody to come and build a, a store in this area or there. But yeah. uh, I get back to the same thing: the crime issue. Mm-hmm. There, you know, we've had stores in the right areas before, yeah. and they closed. Yep. And their biggest problem is crime. Yep. Okay, so uh, if we can get back to the public safety, get enough officers. Um, I know it sounds kind of funny, but you know, peace peace through strength. If you've got enough police officers to take care of the crime problem, then the stores will want to go there. The people could come shop. So that's part of our problem too, but incentivize incentivize people to come into town and put a grocery store or something or a food market in that that yeah, area
1: that is area. what we need to do. That's a very that's a very big issue. I know the Save-A-Lot that was up near 13th and Hillside area I uh, had to close because, yeah, I mean, yeah. they had thousands of dollars worth of meat being stolen out of there, you know, for right. a few times, and they just couldn't sustain it, which was unfortunate. Uh, the other issue that I know that the city's been trying to work on, but it blew my mind why we weren't able to do this, was that if people were growing <laughs> gardens and growing vegetables out of their backyard, why mm-hmm. they couldn't sell those or give those Mm -hmm. out to the community. They had to change the ordinance on that, Mm -hmm. which blew my mind. Like, really? I I can't give you a, a head of lettuce if I grow that in my backyard? Come on, man.
6: I think they're trying to be a little little over over safe, over safe. Yeah. yeah, they're going to per- Andy. They're going to take care of you and protect you.
0: Oh, that's yes. right.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's why the yeah. FDA won't allow my daughter to sell lemonade. Right. <coughs> right. Yeah. Just because there's some adult beverage dipped j- into the lemonade, it's okay. Oh, right? and also they
6: may want a little tax money off of your daughter too.
1: Mm, there's mm, that. Man. Got to file that for the taxes as well. Let's go ahead and take a break here. When we come back, we'll continue this talk about some more of your platform, what you'd like to see, what you'd like to do in the city council as well. It's Gary Band, Carrie, uh, candidate for the Wichita City Council. District number five. five. That's right. And uh, we'll talk some more about that. If you have any questions, you can call at 316 721 8255. All right. We'll do that one more segment right around the corner here to wrap up your Saturday. Right here on Kansas Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Mm-hmm. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show here on a Saturday. Just to let you know, next week we have a heck of a lineup. We'll play part of our interview with Congressman Ron Estes, which will be in studio live with us on Monday. Also, we're going to sit down with State Treasurer Stephen Johnson as we talk about ESG in the state and how the state of Kansas and our investments as a government is working to not invest in the whole ESG, environmental, woke, identity politics garbage. That's going on there. So a fascinating conversation. We'll do that next weekend with Stephen Johnson. Also, we'll do some more legislative updates and recaps. <clears throat> now, the session of 2023 is officially over. Right now, we got a few minutes left with Gary Bond, candidate for the city council, district number five. Let's talk about one of the other major issues, the growing number of homelessness in the city of Wichita. It's been an ongoing issue. We have seen the city try and do a few more resources trying to reach out, but are we doing enough? And if you get on the board again, how would you go about trying to tackle the issue of homelessness in the city of Wichita?
6: Well, you know, I was in a meeting recently and one of our city officials said that a homeless situation in Wichita, it's not as bad as we think it is. When you look at the size of our city, compare the size of our city to how many homeless (laughs) we have, it's not a big problem. And I'm thinking, that's crazy. You know, um, I've got people that uh, I went to high school with that would call me out of the blue. Gary, you know, this homeless are sleeping over here with the tents and things. And so as I grew up in Wichita, I've never seen it this bad. I'm not used to seeing homeless people sleeping on my sidewalks yeah. downtown, tents in the parks, you know, those that kind of situation. Pretty soon
1: we're going to have to be like San Francisco and download a poop app to know where the... Oh, uh, my
6: <laughs> God. So, um, you know, so it's, to me, it's an issue. And, and everybody that I talk to, that's a typical one of the things that come up. Sure. Um, it's one of those issues that I've even had a, a fireman tell me one time that they're busing them in from Oregon. So they're they're busing in homeless people from other parts of the country and telling them, you know, go to Wichita. Uh, they'll take care of you. there. They're good people, which we are. Sure. But it still becomes a problem. And so wow. it's a problem that's not going to go away fast. It's, it's, it's here for a, a while. Yeah. Uh, w- part of the issue is that we uh, they know where to go get food and things and it just perpetuates that same kind of problem they uh, not that we shouldn't feed them or anything it's just sure. that they get they well, know a, they how know how to work the system Well there's a, like, like you
1: said there's a, yeah there's a line between making sure someone's not dying in the street and taking right. care of them in that sense but not making it so comfy to where they don't have the incentive to actually want to leave that lifestyle and actually do something or try to improve their lives, which obviously there's a lot of individuals that have addiction issues recovering and we have those resources and hopefully we can get more of those resources to help people get their life back on track to not be in that situation, but we don't want them to stay there.
6: No, no. And we have about 35 roughly different organizations around the city that help homeless Right, and they help them with different things. You know, one of them might be if they provide clothing, one food, uh, you know, different, different things that they may need, Sure. Uh, so we have pl- people that uh, they don't all work together. They're all individual things and, uh, you know, companies and, and organizations. And so yeah. we have the people here that, that want to help the homeless. Uh, the, uh, you've heard the, they were wanting to get a new uh, state mental hospital mm-hmm. here in the Wichita area. Sure. And they have, there's been money set aside to, to get that rolling. Um, and then ComCare also with the county needs more space as well as workers. Sure. And, and Kansas uh, is also working on the Kansas Biomed that's with KU in Wichita State. Yep. Those things, I think all three of them could combine together and become and help each other out with not only helping the mental population, but also workers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of resources. It's just trying to get all of them to work together and flow. And uh, that's a great idea for both the city and the county levels to be able to kind of mesh all those. Right out of time, my friend. It's Gary okay. Bond, candidate great. for Wichita City Council District number five great stuff we'll get you back in as the election gets a little bit closer as well but uh first off congratulations on the filing and uh we'll see how the election goes it's going to be a fun year
6: all right thank you andy always
1: good always a pleasure to talk to you my friend that does it for us today podcast for the show up in a little bit you can check it out on any of your favorite podcasting sites we're back at it again next weekend a lot of good stuff going on next week and of course the voice of reason your national broadcast starting on monday again until then everybody have a wonderful weekend enjoy the cooler ish temperatures enjoy the sun again This is Kansas Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.